Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. And what did you bake this week? I baked a chocolate cake from scratch, not on the box. I did it the right way. (laughs) The recipe that I have, I got off Pinterest, and it does have a... um, an icing that you should be putting on it but i didn't make that because it calls for sour cream oh i thought that was interesting but anyway i didn't have any so i didn't make any icing with it we just covered ours with uh fresh strawberries which was amazing it's perfectly good the way it was yes we had it hot i just finished it about an hour ago and we already ate delicious of course you have to have it with a cup of milk if you're lactose intolerant so am i (laughs) are you really i am wait i didn't know this about you well yes because lactose intolerant people just kind of go for it yeah my sister's lactose intolerant but that doesn't stop her from having dairy all the time (laughs) i know like you you meet a gluten-free person they're like i'm completely gluten-free i can't have anything or else i bloat and i'm like I'm lactose intolerant, but I will definitely smash that ice cream. <laughs> I will definitely down that whole pizza. Yeah, it does not matter. <laughs> like, I will suffer and you will suffer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, the cake was really good. It was. <laughs> so um, I didn't even notice there wasn't any frosting on it, to be honest. Or that tells icing. you. That tells you that it was, it was good. good. Um, anyway, so I guess Emily just told me that there's something that kind of relates to chocolate cake. Um, we're doing something a little different this week, aren't we? We are, yeah. I thought it was, I just thought it sounded fun last night when I was thinking of stuff to do. So we're doing two movies that are known as cursed films because there's quite a few out there. So I thought we could start doing some of that. That sounds so cool. I'm really interested to hear about it. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen either of these movies, but I'm sure the story's still gonna be really (laughs) interesting. You don't need to see the movie to this is like behind the scenes stuff. So the the two I guess I should say them. Uh the two movies are Rebel Without a Cause and The Exorcist. I saw The Exorcist. Okay, cool. That's crazy that that you're saying that's a in quotes cursed film. Yeah. The Exorcist. Yeah. Because it's already creepy. (laughs) Yeah, it's already messed up, so. Yeah. I think the only time I've ever seen The Exorcist is actually with you. (laughs) Really? Yeah, growing up. That's like what you'd have us watch at your birthday parties. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Did we watch it at one of my birthday parties? I, I genuinely cannot remember, but that sounds <laughs> on brand for me. Yeah. So. I mean, I love horror movies. One of your slumber parties, maybe not your birthday. Yeah. Just, right? it, it was just my job to scar other children <laughs> as I have been. <laughs> I like notoriously watched horror movies at a really young age. Yeah. So. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I saw, yeah. But anyway. You know. um, all right, let's get started. Okay. So, Rebel Without a Cause came out in 1955, and this one isn't as spooky as, like, The Exorcist is, but it's interesting because all three of the actors of the main characters died in, like, tragic or mysterious circumstances. So, and those three actors are James Dean, Natalie Wood, and Sal Mineo. 
And James Dean, actually, he's most famous for this role as well. And he was actually in only three movies before he died. He was 24. Whoa. And he died before this movie was even released. So it was, like, pretty quick. And Um, he was the main character? He was, yeah. And um, in the film, James Dean's character, Jim, gets into um, a street race with you know, his rival in the movie, and his rival dies in a terrible car crash in the movie. And in real life, James Dean himself was a street racing enthusiast, and he was driving his Porsche 550 Spider in California for a race, and an oncoming car took a curve badly, came into his lane, and hit him head on. And he died like almost instantly within minutes of that wow so it's just like it's like super ironic Mm -hmm. not his character died that way in the movie but he was in a street race it's just really bizarre and And, i mean just like think about that when people are now watching this movie it just came out in the theaters and they know that this actor had already died at this point. Yeah. And then they see that scene. I bet it must have just, like, kind of been a hard scene to even watch. Yeah. Especially right really after surreal. that. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, really ironic. And he was in the the investigation of this crash. He was not at fault. Um, and he was only driving 55 miles per hour. So it wasn't, like extremely fast you know like yeah it's pretty much the speed limit yeah wow Mm -hmm. that's really unfortunate because it's not even like he was driving recklessly yeah he he was like in a race but it wasn't like extreme i guess because 55 just doesn't sound very fast to me i mean taking a corner perhaps but like right yeah but still if he's found to be not at fault then Mm -hmm. yeah he it must have been driving person. decently, you know. Yeah. But what makes his death even, like, weirder is stuff that happened, like, just before he died, too. Um, one month before his death, he filmed a TV spot warning about driving, and he said, quote, take it easy driving, the life you save may be mine. <gasps> so it's just, like, another really weird coincidence that is so weird Uh, Mm -hmm. and he also james dean also met alec guinness who our generation would probably most know him from star wars he's ben kenobi in the old ones um he met him not long before he died and alec guinness looked at his car and said that it looked sinister and he said quote if you get in that car you will be found dead in it by the next by this time next week and james dean died exactly seven days after this after he said that so i mean what are the odds like this is all very weird it's like bizarre like what do you think possessed him to even say that i don't know about his car because it's not like the car malfunctioned it's not like he was driving around a crappy car i mean it's a porsche i don't know maybe he just you know some people have that like intuition maybe Mm -hmm. he felt that or maybe he just thought that the sports car was just right too dangerous looking i don't know i mean stuff like that does happen like i feel like i 
there have been a few times where I'll say something and then later on, you know, it comes true or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Well, yeah. So that's James Dean. And the next person in the cast who died is Sal Mineo, who played his best friend Plato in the movie. And in the film, the character Plato is shot and killed. And the actor, Salmoneo, was killed on February 12th, 1976, on his way home from a rehearsal for a play. And he wasn't shot, but he was stabbed deeply in the chest. And he died within minutes, just like he did in the movie. He died within like a few minutes after being shot. And he was only 37 years old. Wow. Yeah. So James Dean was 24. He was 37, very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man who stabbed him was not caught, and it remained a mystery for two years. So the it was an ongoing investigation. And at first, they thought whoever did it had to do with... Um, Salmoneo had been doing prison reform work, so they thought, well, that put him in contact with some criminals. Maybe someone was after him for this for whatever reason. So they were looking into, like, criminals and people he had worked with for prison reform. But that kind of went nowhere. So then they started looking at his personal life. Um, He was bisexual, and investigators thought maybe it could have been a hate crime or an ex-lover. So they're going for that route now. Mm Mm-hmm. That also went, like, nowhere. They couldn't find anything. But, so two years go by, and then a man named Lionel Williams confessed to killing him. Um, but he didn't fit the witness reports, because there were other people on the because this just happened on the street. And there were other people there, and they said that the man who did it was white and had light brown hair. Mm-hmm. And this Lionel Williams was black and had, like, really dark hair. So... However, Lionel's wife said that the night he died, Salmoneo died, he had come home drenched in blood with a knife. So she handed the knife over to investigators and they cast a model of like the knife wound on his chest and it matched the the knife that his wife gave. And then they found out that he had dyed his hair light brown at some point. So he would have fit that description obviously not the skin right, tone part right. but with the knife matching and everything he was arrested and sentenced to life in prison for his murder that's kind of crazy that they have to prove that they're guilty like yeah. hey i'm guilty Nah, you know you don't really fit the description i don't think so you just spent go on your happy merry way no no no. we have a knife (laughs) like they have to literally like prove it's really yeah it's weird because so many people make false confessions and i always think like why would you do that like what would possess you to like falsely commit to a crime admit to well i know like there i mean there are those crimes that are um like really big, like serial crimes. I can see people wanting to confess to those because they want the pu- publicity. Yeah. So maybe that was not a fart. That was this. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> I'm sitting on a birthing ball right now. <laughs> but anyway. Um... Damn it! <laughs> oh no! I'm going to lose 
my bleepity bleep in mind. Okay, you were saying you can see why someone would confess to like a serial murder, but right. I mean, I guess they might have had quite a few people coming forward with mm-hmm. false confessions because he was a, a movie star. Actor, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just always think it's stupid, but to I each mean, your own. Yeah, <laughs> it is stupid. Yeah. So that is. The case of Salmoneo, another really, just really strange coincidence, or maybe it's not a coincidence. And then we have Natalie Wood, who was um, the third main character in the movie. She played Judy. And her character lived in the movie. But um, in November 1981, Natalie Wood was in California shooting some scenes with her husband, Robert she was with her husband, Robert Wagner, and Christopher Walken, who was another actor. They were in a movie together at the time. And the day after Thanksgiving, the two actors and her husband, Robert Wagner, um, were on a yacht for a little weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. And on the night of the November 28th, some point in the small hours of the night, Natalie Wood disappeared from the yacht. And she was found down current later that night dead and she had drowned apparently and she was only 43 years old at this point so all three of this main cast Mm -hmm. died before 50 like very young it's really weird that is such a bizarre coincidence yeah now officially it is said she had too many drinks and fell trying to tie the ship's, like, dinghy on the side of the yacht. And she was found with bruises and scratches on her body, but it was said that was from falling and possibly from her trying to get back in the boat. But people were immediately suspicious. Her sister claimed there is absolutely no way she would reach over the boat to try and, like, tie the little dinghy. Like, what for? And she, she said her sister Natalie had a deep or a phobia of deep water. So she definitely wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And like she, her sister was saying she would never try and get on a small boat at sea in the middle of the night. That's weird behavior. Like, especially for someone who has a ho- phobia of the sea, she wouldn't do it. So, so there, it's like very suspicious. Mm-hmm. And her husband, Robert Wagner, originally claimed he was arguing with her about her staying with her family when she walked out of the room and but over the years there have been a lot of inconsistencies with his story he later said that he and christopher walken were in a political debate and she got bored listening to them and left the room so now they weren't arguing so it's like stories like that keep changing all the time and the captain of the boat, uh, Dennis Davern, told a different story. He said that Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood were flirting like all weekend and that things turned pretty ugly and Wagner smashed a bottle and argued with Christopher Walken, accusing him of trying to steal his wife and that it got into a pretty big fight. And then between the two men and then that led into like apparently quote an epic fight between natalie wood and her husband and at 1 30 a.m after having some drinks robert wagner said he would go check on his wife 
to see how she's doing after this fight mm-hmm. that they were having. And that he returned saying he couldn't find her. So, um, and apparently the captain said, well, let's turn on the floodlights and we'll look for her. And apparently Robert Wagner rejected this. And he said, we don't want to do anything, Dennis, because we don't want to alert all these people of like other boats around. So that is a suspicious thing to say if he really did say that, you know, allegedly. Why wouldn't you want to do everything possible, you know, for your wife? What does uh, Christopher Walken, Watkin? Walken. Walken say about it? He is kind of, he's been buttoned up about it all these years. He's refused to comment, really doesn't say much. I personally believe, I've always believed he knows something. Right. I do not believe this was an accident. And a lot of people don't. And in 2011, um, the captain, he wrote a book about it as well. And he got the case reopened in 2011. And it was found after re-examining her and all the evidence that she had been assaulted. And there was a pattern of possible abuse um, and fighting between her and her husband. And that is from neighbor testimony because they went back and asked like, their former neighbors right. like what was life like at home and apparently it was pretty bad um and the case was reclassified as a suspicious death so all those years it was accidental drowning and now it is a suspicious death with her husband robert wagner as a person of interest at 90 90 years old now he is um this case has never been solved mm-hmm. it's still open um, and it's a pretty famous Hollywood death mm-hmm. um, because she was like, she was a huge, huge star. And she was still young and had a lot of, she was in the middle of filming when she died, a movie. So mm-hmm. obviously the case has been really, there are tons of documentaries on it and books and giving way more information than I just have of like what might have happened but personally i do not believe it was an accident um that i think there's something really suspicious you know i just feel like it's really rare for somebody famous to die in the first place let alone three people three main characters from a movie yeah all dying before 50 mm-hmm. that just it's and, weird and then she dies under such like such uh suspicious circumstances Mm -hmm. yeah and like one of them is an accident that parallels the one in the movie the other one is a murder that parallels the one in the movie and then hers is not relating to the movie but it's still like one of the like that's the reason like the three of them their deaths are why this is considered a cursed film but it's also one of the most beloved films of all time like i love this movie it's so famous. And is it a creepy movie at all? Or no, it's um, it's just about three teenage. They were all like teens, um, well, not in real life, but you know, it's about three teenagers in one night about like growing up and finding yourself, and it's it's like that. It's not a horror movie at all. It's it's about teenage rebellion and stuff like that. So it's just it's weird because like The Exorcist, which we'll talk about next, is like. That's a film about possession. If there's anything with devils involved, you'd be like, okay, yeah, that's cursed. But you wouldn't suspect a movie like this to be. 
So right. it's definitely strange. And um, Natalie Death, Natalie Death. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Natalie Wood's death is alluded to in um, Quentin Tarantino's most recent film, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know if you've seen that. Okay. Um, it's she's never mentioned by name in his movie, Tarantino's movie, but. If you know the story, you definitely get it because they talk about a woman who was possibly pushed off a boat at sea and she died. And one of his the characters, Cliff Booth, is supposed to be like a parallel of Robert Wagner because everyone suspects him of oh, killing his wife on the boat. So that's definitely, an, it alludes to her death. So she's still, like, that movie came out in 2019. It's still popping up all over Hollywood. Hollywood talks about it all the time talks about all three of them all the time because james dean was such he was like the number one it boy at the i time know i do recognize 50s. i recognize the name james dean yeah i don't taylor have... swift sings about him in one of her songs like, yeah, that's how i recognize him. uh because he's like known as the epitome of like the bad boy persona okay so um he was super famous and just to die at the height of your fame he was it was an oscar winner this movie and he never got to get his oscar for it and that's really that's really unfortunate sad yeah for all three of them i wonder if you can hear that probably yeah. i feel like you just need to you know when you make a sound and it sounds suspicious yeah you have to keep on making it so they know <laughs> it's not I, yeah, like like in school you'd like your chair would creak and you're like make that sound again yeah and then most of the time it wouldn't happen again and so then you fart and then you start moving <laughs> well you don't fart you make a fart <laughs> but then you actually fart <laughs> to throw them off oh no my god i meant to say so then you so, <laughs> so then you initially make that sound that sounds like a fart or whatever <laughs> and then you start wiggling around trying to make the sound again so that you're just drawing more attention to yourself because now you're moving around a bunch Mm -hmm. after making that sound (laughs) oh god (laughs) this brought back some trauma (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing like the fear of people thinking you farted in class oh gosh it was the worst (laughs) (laughs) one time kendrick Okay, I'm going to tell the story, and then it, I'll, t- I'll ask him afterwards if it's okay if we leave it in. Okay. <laughs> and if he says no, we'll cut this out. Okay. But, um, <laughs> oh I shouldn't laugh. It's not even that funny. It's just a farting story. It's not that funny. That's uh, kind of funny. Um, <laughs> he still <clears throat> says that one of his most embarrassing things <laughs> was one time they were like you know how in class sometimes you'd play those games where you'd be throwing like a soft like a little soft squishy ball around in class uh-huh. like you'd sit on your desk or whatever and if you missed you had to sit you were out or whatever yeah. well i guess it wasn't one of those games because he wasn't sitting on his desk he was standing up and he jumped up to get the ball <laughs> and when he landed he farted really loud <laughs> and he was still sitting but that is the most embarrassing story. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's I don't funny. know why that gets me every time. <laughs> I shouldn't find farting so funny and so immature. 
God, Casey. <laughs> no. <laughs> a funny story will always be funny, okay? <laughs> Who cares? <clears throat> Kendrick might, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll ask him. Ooh. Okay, so anyway. The Exorcist. Yes. <laughs> so that little bit of comic relief, now let's yeah. talk about <laughs> That has been, um... Yeah, comic relief. Yeah. Um, okay, so this one came out... Oops. In 1973. And... Pretty much from the get-go, when they started filming, a lot of weird things were happening. Um, And this one's definitely known as uh, Cursed. And there's this new show on Shudder called Cursed Films. I do not have Shudder. It's a streaming show. That's all about, it's called Shudder. Like, it's all about horror stuff. And so um, they talk about this film in it i didn't see the episode like i said but if you have shutter but um wait is it called shutter yeah what is the streaming service it's called shutter and it's what's, like what's all the episode it's all oh. horror films and this is a show they have called cursed films which cursed. is like oh. a documentaries about cursed films i see i see yeah i see the shutter okay let's go okay so this film is one of only five horror films that are ever nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. So I just thought I'd throw that little fact in there, too. Because it's very rare. Um, so Linda Blair, who plays the little girl who gets possessed, Reagan, got a life-lasting back injury on the set. Um, and so did the woman who played her mother, Ellen Burstyn. So they were both injured by being jerked around violently in, like, harnesses. And at one point in the movie, Reagan, like, throws her mom across the floor. And there's, like, this blood-curdling scream in the movie. And that was a real scream because she was, like, actually in a lot of pain from it because she actually got hurt. And she has, like, a back problem to this day from that. And the screams are, like I said, kept in the movie. So just that makes it like eerier when you watch it and you know she was actually like in a ton of pain. I wonder how she feels now. Like if she were to hear that again, if she would like kind of, it would remind her back of that pain again. Yeah. Or if she'd be like, I'm really glad they kept that in because that sounds so real. <laughs> Anything for the art. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. I think she talks about it. Well, Linda Blair talks about it in the episode. Um, but I don't know what she said. So, I was going to say when you told me back issues i was gonna say you know that doesn't surprise me because of all the when someone's with exorcisms and all that they're bending all these crazy ways and yeah bend their backs i'm not flexible like that yeah it does not surprise (laughs) me really no so linda blair and co-star max von sydow both had family members die while filming and then her grandfather died and his his brother died while filming and jason miller who played father karras in this movie his son almost died while they were filming um after being hit by a motorcycle so there's just a lot of weird coincidences you know um jack mcgowan's character was killed by reagan in the movie when she threw him out of a window Mm -hmm. and the actor himself died before the film even opened by very suddenly and randomly um getting influenza from a freak outbreak in london so that's 
yeah, this is just like a string of really weird events. Um, and there's so many with this movie. It's so weird. So Barton Heyman, who's plays Dr. Klein, he died in 1959. Wait, wait, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He died at 59. Okay. Of heart failure, like sudden heart failure. Yeah. That would have been before this film. Right. so, So no, um, yeah, and then, so this is another weird thing, because the next couple ones are all people in the cast who have died very suddenly of heart issues. So it's, oh. it's like, weird that they all had a heart issue. So right. he was the first one, and then um, Lee Cobb died, he was another actor, three years after the film of a very sudden heart attack, and he was only 64. The woman who played Father Karras's mother died before the film opened um wait so at least two of the members so far have already died before the film even came came out yeah and then two other people died before the film came out too who were related to the actors so that's four deaths before the movie came out yeah um yeah and then jason miller also died of a heart attack at 62 years old and this was some years after the movie came out but still it's very weird. Um, Mercedes McCambridge was an actress in the movie. She wasn't seen in the movie, but you hear her voice because she voiced the demon in the film. And this is really, really weird. Her son, who has had no previous like issues, I believe, or mm-hmm. run-ins with the law, he murdered his wife and child and then killed himself in 1987. So that is something very, very tragic, you know, and like someone who doesn't have a history just suddenly doing that. It's very, it's weird. It's creepy because it's like, what happened on that set Mm -hmm. to mess with all of them that bad? Yeah. And when, I wonder what, what year did the son go crazy and kill? Um, that was 87. So, could he, she have had him at that? No, she probably did have him at that point. Yeah, most likely. Okay. Because that's only 14 14 years later. Oh, yes, you're right. I'm not good at math. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but especially since she voiced the demon itself, and then hers is, like, probably the most, like, not to say it's, the other deaths aren't tragic but like a murder is definitely right really extreme right yeah and then another man paul bateson he was an x-ray technician at the new york university medical center and the director wanted to like aim for realism so he he went to this medical center and saw him and said hey would you want to be an extra in this movie we're filming a hospital scene so he wasn't even an actor but he agreed to be in it as, like, a right. nurse. Yeah. Yeah. So he was barely in this movie. And six years later, after the movie came out in 79, he was arrested for murdering a film critic whose name was Addison Verrill. And he was someone who was, like, totally normal as well, just, like, a med- like a x-ray te- technician, didn't even want to be an actor or whatever. And he crushed Veril's skull with a skillet and then stabbed him multiple times. That's so violent. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how... 
I don't know, like the, that switch happens and whatever. Right. And then Paul Bateson, when he was asked, the police were like, why did you do this? What was your motive? He just was completely blank. He couldn't, he never said any motive. He's like, I don't know. I just did. And so obviously that fuels the fire of this curse um, mm-hmm. around this film. People are like, he, he was possessed. He was affected by something on the set and yeah like that drove him crazy and stuff like that right to not even have a reason Mm -hmm. so when he was awaiting trial at rikers island bateson began to brag about other murders he had committed and he said that he had picked up gay men and murdered them just for fun chopped up their bodies put the pieces in plastic trash bags and dumped them in the Hudson River. So the police are then thinking, well, did we just capture a serial killer? Like, this wasn't just, like, a freak one-time murder. Right. So in 1977 and 78, um, New York's uh, LGBTQ community was actually being terrorized by a series of brutal murders, just like what he had described. There were bodies found in bags, like, chopped up, mutilated, in the Hudson River, just like he said. So, the condition of the bodies made it pretty much impossible to identify them, but clothing items and tattoos on the bodies um, were able to link them to gay men who were, like, known at, like, gay bars and stuff. So, they were at least able to identify that, like, because their tattoos were memorable or something. So, they're thinking he's not lying. He's not making this up. No way. Yeah. So, um, he confessed to these crimes and said it was him, but they really only had enough evidence. They only really knew that he murdered the film critic, Addison Verrill. So, he was only convicted of that murder. And he received um, 20 years for that. Which ah. also, I, I feel a sentencing, I know we've said this before, it's like so weird to me sometimes. We get like, sometimes people kill one person and they get life. And then some, like this guy got 20 years. Like, I just don't know, like what goes into that decision making. I know. Like, it's is weird. it, does it depend on, I mean, the, how horrific it was? But still, I mean. A murder is murder. Yeah, you know? murder is murder. And especially something random like that there's no saying if he's ever going to do it again if there's no motive then wouldn't you want to keep him in there longer because he's just kind of like a he can fly off the handle at any point you know yeah so it is yeah it is crazy especially i don't know where yeah i don't know where that <laughs> sentence was going i didn't have anything else but that is really really weird too and then like we said he was hired because he was hired for the realism of the movie. And so along with that, because the director wanted it to be as real as possible, they really were, it was, it's, it's suspected, they really were using real practices and chants and things you would say for a real exorcism. So that's oh. where the idea comes in that perhaps they unintentionally actually did summon a real demon or something kind of demonic presence onto the actual set um which like uh, i personally believe in that kind of stuff i would never mess around with that i don't think i could ever be part of a movie with like demons and if i was 
I would be like, I'm not going to say that or I'm not going to. Because I, I do believe you can summon oh, like, or open like, portals and stuff. Like, yeah. There's no way. I would never use a Ouija board or no, any never, of that. Never. Absolutely. I mean, you cannot accept that that's... I don't know. I, I, I definitely believe in in all that, too. Like, I yeah. think we talked about this before where, like, I'm hazy on if it's ghosts, like, if ghosts exist, mm-hmm. but demons... 110 i do believe that yeah yeah and i think that sometimes demons pose as ghosts and i believe that too yeah they so like I, trick they just get they don't like harm you but they like get fun out of tricking you and thinking it's a ghost and, right i don't know yeah which is even creepier to me than mm-hmm. a like a ghost ghost but like a yeah. ghost ghost <laughs> the technical I, term right yeah so yeah no i would never ever even accept that at all anything anything where it starts getting a little sketchy with use with accessing another world or whatever hell no get me out i even get like like i love horror movies and i love this movie but even when i watch them sometimes i'm like "Mm, a little too far listening like no presence is listening like yeah um And in the very beginning of their, like, set process, a bird flew into a circuit box that started a fire and burnt down all of the, like, the entire set except for Reagan's bedroom, which is where all of the exorcism scenes are filmed. Uh. So that's just, like, super creepy to me because the set, like, when you look at the set pictures, too, it's like a house. Like, you would, you... Like, there's one bedroom, there's her bedroom, and there's another bedroom on the other side. Mm-hmm. And both of those are totally burnt, and hers isn't. So, how could it be possible that her room is the only thing untouched on this set by the fire? That is weird. So, you know, like, in those movies, I mean, I hate to base real life off of movies, but, like, right. that's literally something out of a movie. Yeah. It's like, you know, the progression of it, like, oh, a mysterious fire happens. Now this person starts people start dying yeah like oh my gosh that's like flat out was it a crow (laughs) literally i don't know but i mean it seems like yeah it just that seriously seems like something out of a movie yeah and there are even that's all i got for this oh wait no it's not but there's like even more weird stuff that I didn't even like put in here but also audiences reacted really violently to this movie when they like would go to theaters there were so many people who fainted and vomited and said like while they were watching it in the theater they felt like really sick all of a sudden and one woman said that she had a miscarriage and she blamed it on the movie which I mean who knows you know but like she said i had this miscarriage like right after seeing the movie and she blames it on that um one woman passed out and broke her jaw falling over from passing out watching the movie and then when it had its premiere in rome which is you know kind of close to the vatican you know Mm -hmm. uh the audiences reported here so this is the rome premiere so it's the big premiere there um, the audiences reported hearing a terrible demonic cry from outside while the movie Ooh. was playing. And that possibly in my head, that could be this is the Rome premiere 
it could be like a publicity stunt, but like everyone in that theater said they heard it. That's it's reported. No so. matter what, that would be terrifying. Yeah, that would be really scary. I don't like that. Ugh, like the like whole that at all. like a few years ago, the whole like people were seeing clowns everywhere, and that was all publicity for the new It movie. Like oh, that's still terrifying. <laughs> like I would not want to see that. I forgot about that. That was so messed yeah, up. Yeah, what a what a time that was. The summer of the creepy clowns walking yeah, everywhere. That was such a bizarre thing. <laughs> You'd see a clown and you just... There was one on Wolf and 30 on the corner that you just drove past. And I was like, oh my god. I <laughs> don't like this. Well, yeah, they'd show those videos of them just like chasing people down with knives. What the heck? It's terrible. What a but bizarre yeah. world we live in. I know. But, yeah, so this one is definitely, definitely considered a cursed movie and some people don't even that. like watch it because they think it's too dangerous to watch it and since you honestly i don't think i would ever watch it again knowing really yeah knowing oh. all that i think it would creep me out even more than yeah. i had before because before you can say oh it's all fake it's all made up but, but all this stuff happened all this stuff happened yeah so yeah those ones do i think that out of all kind of scary movies those are the ones that freak me out the most yeah true story creepy movies always freak me out Mm -hmm. way more yeah i don't like it you know and this film is the exorcist is based on a true story it's written about a real exorcism case so that makes it even worse right Oh. The only thing that's different is to protect the boy who this happened to, they changed the character to a girl, Reagan. Oh. But it is based off, like, a real child and all this, like, really happened. And that's even worse. Yeah, no. There's this one podcast, if you're interested in ghost stories, called And This Is Why We Drink. And That's Why We Drink. And That's Why We Drink. Um, With Em and Christine. Oh my gosh. I really interesting. It is so and fun. interesting. They're, like, they're kind of funny. They're, they're like, so funny. Some funny in there too. I know. I I really like how they play off each other and they're really funny. Um no, so Em and Christine, they're so funny. They play off each other really well. Mm-hmm. And I really so Em always talks about a ghost story. Yeah. And Christine, she always talks about a murder. And so it's just kinda and Em always drinks a milkshake. And Christine always drinks wine. I just love it. That would be us. That's, yes. That's what reminds, that's kind of like what reminds me of us. Yeah. Is I would be drinking the wine if I could. Yeah. And then Emily would be drinking. And her name's Em. Hey. Yeah, Emily. My name is Em. Hello. But anyway, um, I actually had to stop listening to them. I like, I like them and I love, you know, hearing, especially, um, they'll have, they'll submit, people will submit stories and they'll read those too. And it's so interesting, but some of the ghost stories were just freaking me out too bad. <laughs> yeah. And I was about to move into a 120-year-old <laughs> yeah. house, so I think that um, I would just wanted to avoid anything that would have creeped me out. <laughs> anything paranormal. Exactly. Shut down. So unfortunately, I don't listen to it anymore, but they are so good. And Yeah, I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Even and like especially, I mean Christine, we love it. We love the murders, but the ghost stories. There's I love ghost stories. I really, really believe. Like I don't know, just yeah. just there's too many out there 
the where it can't where it's like a hundred percent not true like it couldn't possibly right be. there's something right yeah anywho um nice little recommendation we threw in there yeah. as well. <laughs> okay so i'm emily and i'm casey and you just heard a sprinkle of sugar a dash of murder <laughs>